Tuesday, the 19th of July. I'm looking at my computer today. I'm cheating. Welcome to uh, Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL podcast. Uh, my name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. Hello, welcome. Uh, Tuesday. Tuesday, Will. We're doing one virtually almost the day after the weekend. Wow, we're recording it on Tuesday. Yeah, you'll get this on Saturday. Who knows when it's fucking going up with Australia's internet that seems to get worse every time I go out of the country. Yeah. So two weeks ago when you had to upload an episode, how long? That took more than an, almost a day? It took a day. I mean, upload we had, we had three like, files. We had three files. Of about 500, 600 meg each. Well, actually, it was six files because we'd done it in two oh, blocks. Right, yeah. But it was, yes, it was It was one of those about things. About two gigs worth. I almost gave up podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, Malcolm Turnbull hates the Australian podcasting industry. Ah, that's what it is. He's not, fa- well, he's not a fan of like new energy, so no. he wouldn't be a fan of new media. Mate, he's a, fa- he's a fan of innovation. All he fucking talks about all the time <laughs> is innovation. Yeah. Except for internet. Apparently, that's not part of innovation. Apparently, the internet's going out of style yeah. or something for Malcolm Turnbull. So, look, if you want better podcasts, if you want them out more regularly, we need faster internet speeds in Australia. That's the truth. I uploaded, like, uh, Fofop, my other podcast, I uploaded, like, eight episodes of that when I was in America just because I took advantage of the fast <laughs> internet speed. I was, like, I was just uploading them. I was like, anything I had, I'm just yeah. like, uploaded here. You're like the alcoholic leaving Las Vegas. Like, I'm just going to scull these eight because I won't be able to do it when I get back home. I'm just going to use these upload speeds <laughs> yeah. while I still have them. I'm just going to use them. Charlie, do you have finals fever? And by the way, this is a pickup because after us bitching about fucking Malcolm Turnbull destroying the internet, we destroyed our own podcast by not having batteries that lasted for more than four minutes. I think we got approximately one minute, 32 seconds in the podcast before it all went down. Our power is much like the Port Adelaide power. Mm. Just from minute to minute, you're not sure how it's going to go. Some weeks it's going to be fantastic and some weeks you're just like, no, that doesn't work at all. Well, funny you should say power, Will, because do you have finals fever? Do you have finals fever, Charlie? That's what I've asked you now three times. Yeah. Do I mean, are so, who Saints- are, so who, who are the teams we're talking about outside the eight now? It's Port and Saints that have got the best chance on wins, but Collingwood are also a mathematical possibility, aren't Mathematical they? chance, Collingwood. After, like, Nathan Buckley was going to get sacked, Collingwood have, like, been on a little streak, a mini streak, Collingwood. It's disgusting. Backs against the wall, Charlie. That's they all they needed. They can against the wall, though, Really? Well, and I mean, they, I think their backs were so far against the wall that they were actually stuck to the wall for a while. Yeah, right. They're actually glued to the wall. They were glued to the wall and they've been prying themselves off the wall for about the last six weeks and now they are detached from the wall. Well, let's let's go off what uh, AFL 360 are saying of the two teams. It's St right. Kilda and Port. So yeah. Port Adelaide have better percentage than North, who are yeah. eighth. St Kilda have got a woeful percentage because we just can't play interstate. But we're... Two games, we're both two games short of North. So for St Kilda and Port to make it, they pretty much can't lose a game for the rest of the season. Well, it just, I mean, it all depends on North, doesn't it? I mean, that's the real thing here. Unless North just fallen ahead. Like if North don't win another game. Yeah, and we win four. Then it's wide open. Yeah. And at the moment, that could happen. Like at the moment, North just looks well, like... Well, this, I mean, who's, uh, Collingwood's back's against the wall. North's back's against the wall. You know what you're going to see this week is bloody shin bonus spirit taking on back's against the wall. 
I mean, if a bloody if a bloody Aussie battler turns up, you've got three of the greatest cliches ever. Is there any chance that Collingwood have only been stuck to the wall because the wall is made out of the same things as Cloakie's glove? <laughs> <laughs> is that the problem? Did you see Nathan Buckley had a bit of a bit of a chuckle with the uh, with the press conference a couple of days after the, all the controversy about Travis's glove? He answered a question by scratching his chin wearing the glove. Is that right? He took yeah. the glove to the press conference. He did. He did. It was a bit of personality from uh, Fig Jam. That's his new approach, is it? Mm. That, that he is, uh, Nathan Buckley's just going to get on the front foot with this shit. Well, He's since- like, yeah, 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 we took other players to our... Say, we don't care. They can come and meet at our club. Well, and yeah, we'll use illegal gloves. We don't give a fuck. No, I think it's wrong. I think what you're missing the point. He's because since Pete Hellier doesn't do Strawny down there at the Lexus Centre anymore, they need someone else to bring the laughs. Right. Nathan Buckley. Nathan Buckley's the new Strawny. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that'd be great. It wouldn't take would much like... to get his hair into Strawny shape. I mean, all he needs is a little bit of dye, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, blonde tips. I mean, to be honest, I bet Bucks looks at Strawny and at their haircut and goes, that's really yeah. what I want to look he, like. He writes it in his list of five best haircuts. <laughs> I reckon like becoming Strawny is on Buck's uh, bucket list. On his... <laughs> on his... Buckley list. Buckley list. <laughs> He can always name at any time his top five things on his bucket list. That's the thing about Naked Buckley. (laughs) Oh, God, I wish we named these episodes because Buckley list is perfect. I'm still fascinated by that fact that you brought up last week about Nathan Buckley, that at all times he knows his top five movies and his top five songs. I wish I could remember. I think it was on Before the Game. I wish I could remember who the player was who said it. It might have been Pendles. But, yeah, he was saying that uh, for anyone who didn't hear last week, apparently Nathan Buckley... He's a very, um, uh, uh, what would you say? He's like uh, meticulous. Oh, that's what I would say. That was exactly what I was going to say. And so when uh, this player started at Collingwood, uh, Buckley asked him what his top, top five films were. Yeah. And the guy didn't know, and Buckley pulled out his list, which he updates when he sees new films that aren't Shawshank Redemption. Oh, hang on. He, he, he actually yeah. has a list. He has a list. He hasn't got it com- committed to memory. No, oh. He just has the list well, on him at what? all times. It could be committed to Is memory. Is he carrying? But I assume it would be hard to keep a... Because you're changing rankings all the time when you see a new Rocky film. I mean, are you changing rankings all the time, though? I mean, is this like... Is Nathan Buckley's life... Have you had a film enter your... Have we had this conversation? I, I mean, is Nathan Buckley's life like high fidelity? You know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's just got top five lists of everything. He's like, top five croissants in Melbourne. <laughs> Top five cafe lattes. Yeah. Top five victories of this year. He can just name top, top five, five listings. Yeah. <laughs> Travis Cloak, one. <laughs> he probably calls it his Buckley list. That's the one that he has every week. He's like, who, who is number one to five on my delisting list? <laughs> uh, yeah, so Bucks had a bit of a laugh at the media. But if they beat Port... Yes. At open, you know what? If Collingwood beat Port, it opens things up for, for St Kilda. Yes. So for the first time ever, I might be going for Collingwood. Yeah, well, so if Collingwood beat North... You mean? Oh shit! Sorry. Yeah, if Collingwood yeah. beat North on the weekend, yeah. that's. I mean, that's what you need to do to keep everything interesting. Yeah. Like, but Collingwood could beat North. Yes. On the weekend, I mean, Goldstein's clearly carrying an injury. Did you see what Port did to him on the weekend? The way they got into him, like it was so clearly a tactic before the first bounce and after half time, literally. Like, do you remember what the dogs did to Michael Gardner in his first game? Yeah, it was that. Right. <laughs> and that drove him to drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, Michael Talia. I mean, I've got to be honest with you. The dogs did that to him as well. Drove him out of the club, <laughs> that dirty, rotten leaker. <laughs> that was one of those stories this week where there's a part of me that, like, when he got busted, like, firstly, like, I mean, an AFL player with cocaine during the season, Charlie. I mean, I can't believe that's ever happened before. Yeah, when they're not playing golf. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
Yeah, he doesn't even know. So the shock is he only had one. It wasn't right. fucking twenty. He was carrying a golf bag. That was the clue. <laughs> yeah, when he right. went into the alleyway with his mate, they actually had a golf bag, and they're like, "Hang on." The cops like, "This is the little stuff." <laughs> um, yeah, it's one of those things where. I just couldn't feel any sympathy for him. Ordinarily, I do actually feel a little... Because they're young men. Yeah. And to be honest, we live in a society where if you're a young lawyer or a young doctor or someone in the entertainment industry or whatever... Yeah. Like, you know... Chances not, are. Chances are that those sort of drugs are around. But when it's fucking that, that guy who <laughs> did over our club at the end of last year, fuck him. Yeah, Hope right. Hope he goes to prison. Jesus. <laughs> Will's got his top five list. Players who can get fucked. Yeah. Talia, number one. <laughs> Still number one. Check my list when this news came out. Turns out he was still number one and he's number one with a bullet now. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it, that was a, that, I mean, that's a, he's been out all season and, yeah. look, you know, it's one of those things where I don't, do, do you think that will affect the Swans at no, all? No, actually, the- did you see Tom Harley's press conference? I actually thought it was as good a press conference under those circumstances because, he came out and he said, look, we've stood him down. This is not a uh, judgment. This is just until we have all the facts. Like, And it was a way they did pay it perfectly of being firm and we don't tolerate this kind of stuff. And this is very serious. But also they weren't hanging him out to dry. You know what I mean? Like he's got the full support and all that blah, 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 blah. I thought they did it really well. Yeah. I mean, well, Sydney do do it really well, right? And, they, and that won't affect the players at the very least. Like, look... I mean, I, I mean, I didn't know if that, there is, I didn't if there's know, no didn't, other player on that list who has maybe been in a similar situation, I'd be very, very surprised. <laughs> Do you think they had that meeting where they were just like, look, hey, we're really sorry that we've already spent the mental health thing, yeah, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're going to have to cop this one. Look, the leaders group would talk to you, yeah. but look, none of them people in glass houses. <laughs> yeah, when we say the bloods culture, we don't mean running from your nose at nightclubs. <laughs> Poor old Swannies, hey? Fucking can't take a trick. I mean... Three close losses to at home. It's, it's one of those things, though. Like, how do you feel about the close loss? Because to me... Hate it. Well, it depends where you are in your development. Right. For St Kilda, fine. Because yeah. it means we can match it with the best, we still get the draft pick. Next year, I won't be as happy with it. But um, for the Swans, two close, close losses against final eight... Well, apart from Richmond. The two, final, the two close losses against finals teams, that's going to... Put something in your head, right? Especially one of them's been at home. I just don't think so. I just think if you're close enough with the top teams, it doesn't really matter. In the same way as I think it can go either way. That Hawthorne is still beatable because they've won a bunch of close ones, but there's a few of those Hawthorne games that easily could have gone the other way, and then suddenly Hawthorne are fourth or fifth or sixth. You know, and umpires do like them. Do you notice it? I mean, I'm not like I understand that you know free kicks go both ways, and you know you're not going to blame a winner or loss on a free kick. It does seem to be that they get they get the the good rub of the green. They right. Get, Why wouldn't you like them? I like them. Yeah. You want them to like you. If you're the umpire, you're yeah. Like, hope, Mr. Hodge. Hope Hodgie likes me. <laughs> Hodgie, I didn't give him any free kicks. I hope he fucking likes me. Don't care about Sam Mitchell so much. I hope Cyril likes me. <laughs> I can do whatever you like, Sam Cyril. Mitchell. Don't give a shit. Yeah. Whatever. Totally. You can totally put your hands in that. I'll put your hands back. on his shoulders. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Are you in the air? You grabbed it twice. Fuck, I wanted to pay it, Cyril. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know it bounced on the ground on the way in, but I tried to pay it, mate. I tried. I blew the whistle, but it caught in my throat. I'm so sorry, mate. Yeah, fucking Hawthorne, man. Here's my number. Message me. <laughs> <laughs> Is Cyril being reported? Oh, no. The umpire's writing down his number and handing it to Cyril. That's weird. Do you feel like um, in this kind of recent run of good form of the Hawks, their supporters have been notably quiet? Like, I haven't heard a lot. 
from you know a big noting and i don't know if this is like a a, a directive's gone out from the club hey guys just keep the gloat to a minimum we understand that the tide's about to turn on us or is it apathy because it's like ah, another one coming okay here's uh something i'm going to tell you about uh uh, Michael Chamberlain uh, yes. from the fab- fabulous Junk Time AFL podcast uh, is staying uh, at the moment at my place in uh, Los Angeles. And uh, so we'd been messaging each other with details and stuff like that. And then out of the blue, <laughs> I get this message, which I'm now going to read to you. Yo, dude, in the US, currently in Memphis and trying to avoid bill shock, but got your text. Damn, hawks are firing. Amazing. <laughs> Can't say we'll stay top for a team that hasn't really hit absolute top form. We're incredible. MC. And then the next message says, sorry, that was meant for Dilruk. <laughs> That's how Hawthorne fans talk to each other privately when the rest of us aren't fucking around. But, and I said that to him and I've, I've messaged him back and I like and basically said, you fuckers, you fucking arrogant fuckers talking to each other like this. And then he says, uh, Dill's message to me was far worse. <laughs> disgusting. It's disgusting. They've just had too much good, uh, good fortune, mate. But they're so good. Like they're fucking, they're impossible to hate. You know, it's kind of like Darth Vader. You know, he's the bad guy. But All fucking right. hell, you want to watch him cut up a few Jedi, don't you? I mean, yes. Yeah. Yeah, you do. I mean, they're... And Cyril is the epitome of, you know, like they have so much to like about them, you know, from Hodgie's fucking toughness to Burgoyne's fucking ability to deliver in big games. But then there's just that fucking Cyril factor, which is like... I don't know. I mean, I can't think of another player like that. Maybe Gary Ablett Sr. You know, back in the day, he could do fucking anything, you know. And he felt a bit more dominant, whereas Cyril seems to be much more like a live wire. Like, you get flashes of shit that just no one else can do. But we live in a privileged fucking time. Best, as they always say, this is probably the most commonly said thing about Cyril, best 14 possession player in the history of the game. Yes. Like, he's one of those guys who is so damaging on what traditionally, if you look at the stats sheets... Like, sometimes you just go, oh, he's doing nothing. Yeah. And then he does two things, and you're like, oh, yeah, he's the best player on the game. Yeah. Chris Judd said he was the most valuable player at Hawthorne. Yeah. Yes, no, thoughts? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think, was it, no, terminology is important here. Look yeah, up what the, did he say? Look up the quote, because I okay, think he said look it up. Yeah. he's maybe the most important. Who's the best player at Hawthorne? If you were, okay, tell me this. Oh, fuck, it's hard to pick. Well, is Roughhead, including Roughhead? Uh, you, can, just yeah, you can include anyone who's currently on their list. Is sorry, Luke Hodge, is their best player or their most important player? Oh. Uh, shit. Chris Judd named Cyril Rioli the best player okay. on Hawthorne's all right, list. All right, well, I'd so say, not most important, the best is is Cyril Rioli the best Hawthorne yes, player? Yes, in terms of pure football ability, yes. I mean, he fucking kicked a goal from fifty-five out to win the game, and he's like the size of a forward pocket. I mean, that was. You have no greater pressure than that fucking kick. And he's not the size of player who can normally do that. I think he's kicked seven goals from outside 50 this in his year. career. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, he literally doesn't kick out, like goals from outside 50. Do like, you it's amazing. There was, there was a moment in the 2010 Grand Final, St Kilda Collingwood, where St Kilda were on the march back into it, and Lenny Hayes took a mark outside 50. And this was to put us either in front or level pegging. And everyone's like, well, Lenny Hayes doesn't kick it more than 30 metres. Like, you know, he's just not a big kick. But cometh the hour, cometh the man, and fucking Lenny nailed it. And it's like, you s- I felt the same thing again when I saw 
Cyril, it's just like, I think, I don't know, you know that, that cliche, he's a pure footballer? It's just kind of like, he could do anything. You wouldn't count him out of having to pull off anything, especially like after, this, after the final siren. Is, okay, so uh, would Cyril Rioli, like is Cyril Rioli a luxury that only a team as good as Hawthorne can have? Yes. Like is the reason that he's so good? Yes. Like if he was the well, gun player at like another team and had to do it. If you had a beautiful wife. Yeah whose only job was to go to charity functions and stuff. That's because you've obviously made enough money uh-huh. to cry to the sport that she yeah. can go off yeah. and do the extravagant... She's art. a real humanitarian. Yeah, she's a humanitarian. <laughs> or she's an artist or yeah. whatever. You know right, what I mean? Yeah. But she's only able to like explore her... Her, her, her passion. Ch- philanthropy because or... Because she doesn't have to be at the office at eight. Yes. <laughs> Now, talk to fucking, I don't know, like uh, Sam Mitchell yeah. or Luke Hodge or someone right. who's fucking clocking on and, you know, yeah. clocking on at eight, leaving at nine, yeah. covered in coal. That's, yeah. <laughs> Sam Mitchell's like, fuck Cyril. Yeah. I'm getting 40 possessions a week <laughs> yeah. for the last 20 years yeah. and I'm off the rookie list. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But no, you can't. He's icing. But it, yeah. I mean, it's amazing that they are such a good You're team. You're right. Icing's such a good description because icing's no good if you've just got a bowl of icing. Yeah. It'll make you sick, right? But, yeah. like, if you've got a fucking delicious Hawthorne cake. Well, doesn't every team kind of have... Like, Jake Stringer is your live wire. Yeah. Like, Jake Stringer's not nearly a, really a high-possession game. No. Like, at St Kilda, it used to be Stephen Milne, Stevie Johnson. Like, every team, I think it's part of team balance to have a crummer. You know, if they can take a grab overhead or whatever, but you need that X-factor kind of player. I think most clubs, you know, have one or two, don't they? Yeah, well, I think the good clubs do. But, yeah. like, Hawthorne... Okay, well, tell me this. So... You think Cyril's the best player at Hawthorne? I would say... The most the most purest footballer. Yeah. yeah. I, I reckon Jared Ruffett's the best player at Hawthorne. Yeah. And that's I mean, why, that's the other thing. They that's don't even why have Jared this, Ruffhead this year. Look how well they're playing. That's why I think it's so amazing. Yeah. I honestly think that he is still their best player. And he hasn't fucking played. Yeah. And they're still going this well. Like, I, uh, you know, if they manage to win it, despite everything that they've been through this year, I mean, it will be an amazing thing. Like... Yeah. <sighs> I mean... Anyway, I've, uh, I'm getting some momentum on Reverse the Curse. <laughs> Josh Earl messaged me today. Oh, really? Said I was quoted on SEN last night. A guy won a Bataki ham <laughs> quoting my Reverse the Curse really? on SEN. Yeah, he got well, the choice between the Bataki ham and a voucher from Sexyland, and he took the ham. So he just used the comment, and they liked the comment so much. They yep. gave me, well, that's half yours. Yeah, but I don't want the ham. <laughs> yeah. Right, I'm a vegetarian. Oh. Give me something from Sexyland. I want a half a dildo. <laughs> Which I believe is what uh, Nathan Buckley is offering Travis Cloak in their next contract negotiations. <laughs> Trav, if you want to stay, this is our offer. Uh, Trav, I've actually made a list of my top five sex toys and a half a dildo is number four. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, um, he won, yeah, he won the Badocky hand, but reverse the curse. I've had some people online giving me some more details. A lot of Bulldogs fans saying, well, our real curse is Adelaide in the prelim. You know, that's where we have some real recent history. Yes. So I think we go the whole way now. I think we beat Adelaide. This is the... Reverse the curses. The reverse the curses. The reverse reverses of the, the curses. curses. <laughs> we beat Adelaide uh, by a kick in the prelim final to reverse yeah. the first curse. Yeah. And then we reverse yeah. the big curse against Hawthorne in the grand final. What does final. annex mean? Does that mean to cut or to sever? Annex to annex? Yeah, I think so. So right. could you annex the hex? Annex the hex and then reverse the curse. Yeah. <laughs> Just down at the club, coming up with yeah. rhymes. Without Danny McGinley. <laughs> and next, the hex reversed the curse. 
I don't know if I'm pronouncing an X right, but it works. It works what we're doing. It'll work on a banner. So what did you make of the Bulldogs? Uh, shame about Stringer. Only one week. One from what week. I understand. Stringer Stinger. Uh, you get, he got a Stinger. That's one of my favorite injuries to get. You know, the one, I used to love osteo, uh, osteitis pubis, but what happened to... You know, remember had everyone had osteitis groin. pubis? Yeah, the groin now, thing. Is, do people still get osteitis pubis? I guess, like, I guess not. I guess they've uh, addressed the way the players move. Or the yeah, there just must have been something that we're doing. Well, that's what uh, happened to Luke Ball. He had it real bad. Because when Luke Ball was drafted to St Kilda, he was like top three, I think. He was, right. you know, what was it? Hodge, Ball, Hodge Judd. Hodge, Ball, Judd. Oh, so Judd, it was two. It was Judd. No, it was Hodge that went number one. Judd, Judd went three. Judd. It was Hodgeball Judd. Was it? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, Hodge's number Are one. Are you sure? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, oh, that, a super okay, draft, 2000. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, maybe you're right. I think it's I know they were the, Well, they were just the big three, and it was always a debate over who I think it was, Ho- I think it was, was Hodgeball Judd. Right. Which okay. also sounds like a sex move. <laughs> uh, I'm looking it up here. Chris Judd draft. Uh, the 2001 AFL Super draft. draft yeah. uh, okay, so let's have a look at uh, uh, the list here. Um, all right. Uh, in alphabetical order? No, I don't want them in alphabetical order. I want them in pick. All right. Uh, in first place, you are absolutely correct, of course, uh, is Luke Hodge. Yeah. Uh, still playing. And I guess if you're looking at that list now, you probably say, yeah. Who's a better number one draft pick, Nick Revolt or Luke Hodge? Luke Hodge. I mean, he's got what? How many premierships has Luke Hodge? Has he got four? But as a player? <laughs> as a player? I mean, line ball. You'd be happy with it. If know? Revolt had been a dual uh, grand final winning captain, would you put him in the same bracket? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. so yeah. So that's yeah. the thing that he's fallen short on is the grand final victories. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, and, you know, probably that just that thing where Hodge still, like, you feel can change a game in a way that perhaps even... Like, yeah. Revolt for all his... Like he, he's changed, having an amazing season. By you know the way. what? He changes games by running harder than anybody else, yeah, working he's not harder an than anyone player. else. But he just doesn't. Mm. Oh no, I don't know. He takes the big grab. Yeah, you can definitely can be, and his courage I, I mean, think he can fucking, be very inspiring. He beat your team in preliminary finals two years in a row with. I mean, don't heroics. get me wrong. <laughs> Luckily, we won't have to reverse the curse against you fuckers. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, like, maybe we will. Yeah, and next maybe the hex. Saints. Well, oh no, no, then we need another one because yeah. it's Saints versus Bulldogs um, at Etihad probably because they uh, play that at Etihad and then both of a, us are unbeatable there so that's a tough game. Uh, what's another... What's you know it? what? It, that could be the, the first ever two guys yes. one cup final. X. What? The, the If Saints play Bulldogs. Oh, uh, yeah. It's the... Yeah. All right. So <laughs> this was the draft that year. Yeah. Uh, pick number one, Luke Hodge. Yeah. Uh, pick number two... Luke Ball. Luke Ball. Uh, pick number three, Chris, Chris Judd. Judd. I didn't realise that Hodgie played for uh, the Geelong Falcons. Imagine if fucking Hodgie had ended up at Geelong. Oh, my God. Obviously, he didn't want to go back to Moggs Creek. Or <laughs> <laughs> they didn't put in a 20-year plan to get into the club. Uh, in fourth place, uh, Fremantle drafted this player at pick oh. four. After, this has been your run so far, okay. Hodge, Ball, Jard. And then, who was the fourth pick in 2001? Is he still playing now? For Fremantle. I do not believe so. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, did he play over 50 games? I honestly couldn't tell you. I, oh, think, he played, I, I think he played over 50, yeah. Would I, I remember would his name? Mid, yes! Midfielder? Uh, let's see how many he played. Um, he played uh, 73 games for Fremantle, and then he played 38 what? games for Richmond. Fuck. 
Who went from Frio to Richmond? Yeah. Oh, God. It's, I know, it's, right? It this sounds a... like it should be Richard Tambling, but it's not. But it's Tambling-esque. Uh, he's, he's probably a guy who, who feels very lucky that Richmond people talk about Tambling. <laughs> I guess because he got drafted to Frio first. I don't know. Who is it? Graham Pollock. Oh, fuck yeah. Was wow. drafted number four that you year. Did you the guy got hit by a tram? Oh, I, I think he know. might. <laughs> All right. Well, let's look that up because that's an interesting thing. If you got hit by a tram. Uh, former Australian rules footballer. Oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Pollack began his career with Frio. Um, <clears throat> I love this. This is in the opening power of his Wikipedia page. Pollack began his AFL career with uh, Fremantle Football Club after being drafted from East Frio in the uh, Waffle uh, with the fourth selection in the 2001 AFL draft behind future stars of the game, no. Luke Hodge, <laughs> Luke Ball and Chris Judd. <laughs> Rub it in. Welcome in, Pete Best. Yep. Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, he was nominated for the Rising Star... Finished second in the Rising Star that year. Oh, okay. Behind, uh, ahead of Luke Ball and Daniel Wells, uh, and behind a player who was Justin... off the rookie list oh. and was playing, I guess, his first season, if it was like... Sam Mitchell? Sam Mitchell Fucking from hell, Hawthorne. really? Yeah. So, there you go. Sam Mitchell's gr- been around he... such a long time. But is it... So, he... He... So, he in was... that year... Yeah. He was beaten in his first year by a guy off the rookie list. He was drafted number four and by Sam Mitchell off the rookie list, who's gone on to be fucking Sam Sliding Mitchell. Sliding doors, mate. Sliding doors. That's amazing, huh? Um, all right. Uh, Pollock only played 12 games. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay. No, not hit by a tram at any stage? Ah. <laughs> tram collision. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now. All right. He's an AFL footballer. And the one thing that came to mind when I heard his name is, he was hit by a tram. I mean, it's not a great reflection on your career, is it? Uh, Late on uh, 28th of June, 2008, Pollock was struck by a Melbourne tram and was placed in an induced coma. That would fucking hurt. Well, size of like a rhino or whatever the... Isn't that the... (laughs) What? There's some campaign in Melbourne about trams and rhinos, right? Really? They do this thing where it's like called be- Beware the Rhino. Yeah, right. I've seen those around Melbourne, yeah. but I didn't know that's what it meant. Trams weigh as much as 40 rhinos. Oh, yeah. He got hit by 40 rhinos 40 and he's still rhinos. alive. Yeah. You know so, what? I take it back. Exactly. He's tougher than both of us. Mate. I can be hit you, by one rhino. One rhino, you would be dead. <laughs> yeah, totally. Seriously, and you're in good shape. And I'm talking about Luke O'Sullivan. He used yeah. to play for Carlton. <laughs> yeah, Luke, I could literally be run into in the street by Luke O'Sullivan. <laughs> and I would, you'd have and to I bury would be me. Dead. Yeah. I'd be dead. I'd be in an induced coma. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's find out then. Uh, so he put his... Yeah, okay. So, I mean, obviously that is probably... So, let's round out the much. top 10 of that draft. See if I can guess the, okay, the next let's six. Let's go back. Um, all right, yeah. Give okay. me the team. Uh, n- num- uh, pick five was St Kilda, your club. So you might be able to uh, oh, pick who uh, this Xavier Clark. Xavier Clark at pick number five. Uh, West Coast Eagles had pick number six that year and they drafted a player from South Fremantle. Ah, oh, I know this. Do you? Only because... I know this only because of uh, the next team that to pick is... Can you tell me, is the next team to pick Richmond? No, Kangaroos. Ah, oh, oh, okay, bugger. I thought it might have been Matthew Pavlich where uh, Richmond overlooked Matthew Pavlich for Richard Tambley. No, 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 no. This is West Coast. He was drafted, oh, for, he was drafted from South Frio, but he went to the West Coast I Eagles. I thought it meant Dockers. Um, okay. Yeah, so. South... Oh, he's drafted from South Frio. Yeah. I thought this is South Australia. Anyway, I got the completely wrong. Um, South Frio. What kind of key position, midfielder? Uh, the... And still playing? 
No, I don't think he still plays. Um, he played... Like, he played some games. Um, All for West Coast? Still play, I don't think he still plays, though. Um, yeah, I think he played for West Coast the whole time, Midfielder? as far as I know. Um, Ashley Sampy, anyway. Okay, was. forward pocket. Um, he took mark of the year once. Did he? Yeah, you remember? It's a massive grab. He literally is like kneeling on a guy's shoulders. Danaher style. Uh, all right. Uh, pick number seven that year was the North Kangaroos. Melbourne. Daniel Wells? No. Oh. Ended up uh, playing in a premiership. Oh. I think probably more than one, but uh, definitely at least one. Uh, for what team? Well, will that give it away? That will give it away, yes. North Melbourne to a premiership winning team. Yep. What, what, um, what position? Uh, he played uh, in the ruck. Oh, that should help me. Yeah, it should. Okay, let's see. He went for North Melbourne. Collingwood. Oh, uh, no. Not Darren Jolly. Not Darren no. Jolly. David Hale. Fuck! David Hale at seven. Uh, I didn't realise he was such a high draft pick. He was a good player. He was a good. He was a good footballer. Yeah. Uh, at eight, though, now here's a player. So here's what I would say so far: is top three, absolute fucking guns. Yeah. And then for a variety <laughs> of reasons, the next ones, you know, a variety of yeah. you know, careers. So, yeah. Right. David Hale, yeah. probably the most successful out of all those guys. Okay. The next guy is a legitimate champion. Champion. Yeah. So at uh, pick eight. Yeah. Uh, from the Geelong Falcons, again, gee, big year for the Geelong Falcons. Ah. Uh, ended up at Geelong. Was it a father-son? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, no, definitely not. Ah, right. Definitely not. Oh, that's uh, definitely not a father-son. Yeah. In fact, the father, really not welcome around the career at all. Oh. Yeah, which should give you a clue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, fuck, who would... Out-and-out champion... Father's a drop kick. Still at Geelong? Still at Geelong. Still playing. Oh, Jimmy Bartell. Jimmy Bartell, the beard. <laughs> you are. You're not a fan of Jimmy Bartell's beard, are you? Oh, uh, I. Are you a fan or I, are you I not just, a fan? I, I what, think, you, what, 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 what's your? Well, I think what's happened because he's been injured, right? Right. And I think he's been recovering on Gilligan's Island because I saw him play like three weeks ago when we played the Saints, and he, you know, normal fucking hipster beard. Have you seen him now? Like, he looks like he's... If he came... If, if you were in the mountains and he came down, you know, a lumberjack's jacket covered in blood and said, you know, I've killed things, you'd be like, fuck yeah, man. You look like you... You're this close to becoming cannibal, I'm pretty sure. Actually, what happened was, um, he, he's, it's been like a castaway. Yeah. And he's actually been on an island. Yeah. Uh, but with a Sharon <laughs> that he put a face on. Yeah. <laughs> Shazza. Yeah. And you know he's fucked it. <laughs> you just know he's fucked it. <laughs> oh, well, because fucking no one can resist Jimmy Bartel. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't have been his idea. No, Shazza would have been coming on Shazza to him. Shazza would have been coming on to him because he's just irresistible. He, you know what he looks like is uh, 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 um, fucking Kurt Russell in The Thing. You know where they're trapped in the Arctic? All those guys? He, he's got that look. Yeah, he is, um, he's one of those guys, uh, Jimmy Bartel, isn't he? Where he was, like he won the Brown though. And he was obviously, you know, the best player in the game that year. But then he kind of just has done that really interesting thing. Probably a little bit like a Sean Burgoyne, where he's still on his day can be as good as anyone in the entire league. But he plays more, uh, you know, he isn't the the number one guy anymore. And he seems to have been quite happy just to 
become that role and go back into that role. Yeah. yeah. You I, never hear the same sort of chat around like Jimmy Bartell. You never hear anyone wanting Jimmy Bartell to retire. No. Like you never even hear no, that it just seems like a you? good bloke. It's like fucking Jimmy could keep playing. Yeah, he could yeah. be the mascot after he retires. Yeah. If Hawthorne really wanted to fuck with Geelong, they would draft him. <laughs> <laughs> and they could fucking probably get another two, two years out of him, I bet. Uh, number oh, nine. All right. In number nine that year, Melbourne uh, had a chance uh, to draft somebody. Uh, the, the bad news for Melbourne is I would say that most of the players on this list have had like a Wikipedia click through. <laughs> Uh, this player does not. Oh, dear. So, all the other ones I've been able to click on... I was going to say Colin some, Sylvia, but it kind of be... But I, don't, I can't no. help you with, uh, with what, this who, one. What's his actually, name? Luke Molan. Never heard of him. No. No, he doesn't even have a Wikipedia entry, so... Gee, that's a bummer. Uh, bad luck, Melbourne. Um, all right. Uh, <laughs> pick 10. <laughs> pick 10 in the uh, 2001 Super Draft. Um, oh, hang on. My computer's just stopped working for a second. Sorry, Michael. You might need to... You can blow the siren any time you need to fill in cuts, mate. <laughs> Do you know what I mean by that, Mike? I'll blow the siren is in the file I sent you that's the sound of the siren. Just in case you thought I was using weird Australian slang. You can leave this bit in if you want. I don't mind. Uh, for some reason, my computer has completely stopped okay. uh, looking up, so can't help you. Well, we'll just do the top nine. That was yeah. fine. There you go. Um, what do you make of Geelong? Speaking of Jimmy Bartel. <laughs> I mean, I've been fascinated by this uh, danger, like this kind of idea that somehow um, that Dangerfield's the problem. Yeah. Like the people are like... So the people of Metropolis are complaining about Superman. Yeah. The problem is that Dangerfield is playing too well. It's becoming too reliant on him. Mate, remember how last year they were shit Mm. and then Dangerfield came and now they're a potential premiership team? Is there a chance that... (laughs) He isn't the problem? No, no. I'm pretty sure it's because you got Zach Smith. <laughs> right. Like, that's crazy to me. It's the other guys who are the problem. A few weeks ago, when they were, all, all their midfielders were playing well mm. and Dangerfield could float forward, like, Dangerfield's not the fucking problem. Yeah. Did you see that goal he kicked? That one where he banana from the boundary line on the run? Yeah. He's... Definitely out of bounds. Like, I mean, about he... a foot out of bounds. That umpire was just like putting the whistle away. I mean, come uh, on. This is going to look awesome. I would like to... Ha- I think the AFL should go a bit more like that. I mean, in, in the NBA, like if you're a... Cha- they have a champions, essentially, rule, like where they referee NBA games. LeBron can like run five steps before he bounces it and they're like, yeah, but LeBron. it's LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> Just let him do it. Yeah. If Dangerfield's got the ball yeah. and he can see the boundary line yeah. from where he is... Yeah. By contrast, Zach Dawson attempts it and they suspend him for eight weeks. Mate, if Zach Dawson attempts to get a kick in the square, fuck it. Nah, out of bounds. <laughs> and you suspend it for 12 suspended. weeks. <laughs> Reported. Bring what the game, for? Bringing the game into disrepute. <laughs> You've been Dawson. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. What do you think about Geelong? Do you think they're... I, uh... Chris Scott, by the way, last night on uh, I was watching Footy Classified, yeah, and he was uh, in a bad mood. Yes, uh, he has been for the last three weeks, and he was like Caroline. He was getting bloody snippy at Caroline Wilson, and it was great. It was yeah. really great, you know, television. But then they brought up Ablett, and they were like, "No, oh, I saw that. Would yeah. you like Ablett back?" And he was, yeah. You know what he did? He did a real thing of like. It was really interesting to watch because he said, look, you know, as a coach, I haven't really given it much thought, but like as a football fan, and if we just are like Geelong fans, I I mean, I guess it, 
I mean, I guess it would be romantic. Like he was just discovering the fucking thought. Yeah. But it's basically like somebody going, like, like, because he basically said, oh, well, Gold Coast would want to have to want to get rid of him. And then Gary would want to have to come home. But it's like one of those things where he was kind of just floating it. Like, hey, well, I mean, if if that's what you all want, I guess we, I mean, we could probably find a place for him. <laughs> I mean, but that'd be a, a romantic story if Ablett went back That'd be to great. Jail. I mean, they should, well, it depends how they finish this year. I don't know if you're a member, you know, and you have been starved, Will, because you haven't seen a flag in five years. <laughs> Can you imagine? Fuckers. You may not be so happy with them drafting in a 32-year-old with dodgy shoulder. Oh, I think you'd just, uh, Geelong would just be happy to have Ablett back regardless. Oh, well, I you think. know what? Then let's do their run. Get Rob Harvey back at the Saints. What? Just, just for two games. If we make finals next year, let's bring back Banger. For two games. I mean, that'd Play be great. Play the bench. If you could just bring back... like if you, Your favourite player of all time. Any former player. Yeah. That's a new rookie list. Yeah. That actually would be a cool rookie list. Yeah. That at any stage... If they have to have played for your club, you can't just bring in... I couldn't bring in like Derek Kickett or anything like that to St Kilda, could I? No. They have to have formally played at your club. Over 50 games. And then they're just essentially deactivated so you couldn't get players. Nick, you couldn't get... Nick- There's the deactivated players list. Yeah. But Former you, champions. But you couldn't get Nicky Winmark because he only played one year, right? You'd have to, it has to be minimum 50 games. Because otherwise, you know, Brisbane will be getting everyone. <laughs> I mean, no, it'd be your choice. I mean, you'd, you get the choice of activating. And it'd be like one of those yeah. things where St Kilda would get your first choice. But if you didn't need Nicky, and we needed Nicky, yeah. then I guess we could use Nicky. I Nicky's, saw him in the right? rooms last week. He's in good nick. Did he look all right? Yeah, he did. He looked like he was <laughs> lobbying the AFL for the, the <laughs> former players list. Yes, yeah. If someone plays really well in the Ted Witten game, you can draft them. Yes, that's great. Pete Helly is suddenly on a list. It's like, hang on, is the fucking Andy Lee playing for Carl? <laughs> Brendan Bolton is really an interesting cat. It was so interesting to watch the difference between, because I watched On the Couch and then I watched um, uh, Footy Classified, and to watch like like Chris Scott, who was just bringing this kind of like aggressive, like, you know, energy. Footy coach. And then to watch uh, Brendan Bolton, who so, was just so, so nice. And everything is just such a. And like even his body language, he looks tiny in that chair. Tiny. <laughs> it's like he doesn't quite. And he rests his hand yeah. on like the rest, yeah. and he's like a kid. Yeah, in a really. Big chair. I think his feet are swinging. <laughs> <laughs> he's like the Marty McFly of the AFL. They had to bring in one of those kids' tables with a little like tray in front of it. So yeah, it was hard to get him to answer a question because he kept playing with his crayons. Yeah, it was weird when Jared had to go. Here comes the choo-choo train. But <laughs> yeah, he's such a. Um, He's good though. You can like I can. He's very non-Carlton. Yes, Brendan. Yeah, no, that's totally that's a good way of describing it. Yeah, he's well. They could have won on Sunday. Like it was a pretty woeful game, but um, to see them come in that last quarter was fucking like you know it actually got me cheering for Carlton, which you know. I would never have ever done until Brendan Bolton came. It's not to the really club. the thing, I, and that's what I was when I was watching it. It's really, it's I'm not liking it. What? Then I'm not coming liking, good. No, I'm not liking how much he's making me want Carlton. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I don't he's like it. He's catfishing me. Yeah, he's sucking me into like you know, and I am. I get sick. I'm like, oh, Crips is good, and oh, Weedering went forward and clunked a few. I'm like, suddenly I'm excited about oh, sauce or son of sauce or son of sauce's son, sauce sauce. <laughs> Fucking hell, <man. laughs> son like, of son of sauce. That's what he is. Uh, John right? Anders- John Anderson asked a question uh, yesterday. He was like, yeah. "Has there been a player, a father son, who is more who the epitome of the way their father played than son of sauce?" Sauce, well, sauce, sauce. Yeah, yeah. 
Son of Sauce. I mean, it's, it's, of it's, it's eerie, right? Yeah. The way... You know how, like, uh, uh, Sauce had that kind of ragdoll... You know, when he would run, like, he'd put his arms at the front of him like a Muppet, and then, like, he would fly through the air with, like, reckless abandon, very cavalier. His fucking son looks exactly like him, not necessarily in the face, but just the way he plays. I mean, it must have been a difficult birth to get those bow legs out. <laughs> like, I mean... Or the thighs, my God. I He's mean, it would have been like a thighs. giraffe giving birth, getting him out. Like, you know, I mean, crazy. Like, you know, I mean, their legs are... I love, though, that we... <laughs> The same. Like, they look the same, though. It's like if the penguin had a kid yeah. and it came out waddling in the same way. You're yeah. like, oh, my God. Like, that's a genetic trait yeah, that's totally. been passed down? I love that we are old enough now as football fans that we can remember the dads and we remember, and now we see the kids because it's kind of like a movie reboot. You're like, oh, my God, have you heard? They're rebooting Sauce. Have you seen it? It's called Sosos. Yeah, Sosos. The <laughs> oh next generation. Oh, my God, generation. yeah. That's, I, I used to love that. That's what I used to love about Sauce, the way he flung himself around. Now we've got, like, another 12 years to watch this. Well, this is what I feel about the Bulldogs, is I feel like, you know, it's like they've, yeah, remade the Ghostbusters, but, like, it's better than the original. Because, like, I feel like our sons, sons. are going to be, you know, surpass their fathers in the game. We've got some amazing, you know, father-sons at our club. And, mm. and Scott West's kid apparently is... Amazing, Racking like up dominating, possessions. yeah, dominating like under sixteens. Uh, he does have some very bogan name. I love Scott West. I think I... Scott West. He's an interesting player. He had the misfortune of being around in the same era as Rob Harvey, right? Because they were very similar. They were just accumulators. There was just one guy who was just a bit more of an accumulator, right? You know, like he in any other kind of universe, he would have been that the Brownlow medalist, fucking ball magnet. Yeah, Scott West won. I think I'm right in saying this. I think he won the Bulldogs best and fairest seven times. Right. Is that a record? Which is like, yeah, the most ever. Here we go. Let's have mm. a look at uh, Scotty West. Well, we're the same age, Scott West and I. Born in 1974. Where's your kid playing for the Bulldogs? Where's my fucking young comedian kid yeah, on the yeah, circuit? Yeah, yeah. Jeez, Will's kid's fucking dominating. Oh my God, the have you seen the stand up? Yeah. Did you see him at Class Clowns at the Comedy Festival? Have you seen the way he limps around the stage? It's almost as it's if almost he like has osteoarthritis. He's either, he's either his son or Adam Hill's son. We still can't tell. <laughs> Uh, Scott West, uh, here we go. Um, let's have a look at his uh, AFL career. One of the most consistent players in the AFL over a long... Uh, regularly made the most disposals. Uh, All-Australian five times. So that's, I mean, pretty fucking amazing. Yeah. All-Australian five times. And he won seven club bests and fairest at the Bulldogs. The Charles Sutton medal, he won seven times. Uh, overtaking Gary Dempsey's previous record of six. So yeah, yeah right. the most uh, ever. So, I mean, that's... One of the best players, never to won the Brownlow. Uh, in 2000, going into the final round, he was level with Shane Wowoden from Melbourne oh, on 22 votes. My God. Yeah. Uh, ha- having only had 17 disposals <laughs> and being interchanged for the majority of the final quarter, Shane Wowoden wasn't considered a chance to poll against West Coast. However, Wowoden polled two votes and consequently won the medal. On 24 votes. Holy shit, it's so the hair. Not, it was the hair. So not only fucking, like, did uh, Chris Grant get ripped off twice, but Scott West got ripped off as well. Yeah. That's fucking a tragedy. I had no idea about that. Yeah, and he's. I guess someone had to lose to Shane Wooden. <laughs> I mean, I guess so, but, like, I don't think people should have had to. <laughs> um, I'm going to have a look at what his son's name is, because I did read it the other day, and I was uh, a little disappointed in Scott West. <laughs> Uh, oh, he's got four sons, though. So Holy shit, this is good news. entire midfield. Yeah, this is very good. Uh, another son of a gun, Dog Blossoms. Here we go. 
the Western Bulldogs' rich history of uh, father-son recruits could continue yep. uh, with his son, Riley. Riley West. Is that, it sounds like a, now, sounds like a porn star. Tell me, how does Scott West spell Riley? Uh, R-I-L-E-Y? I'll give you another guess. Oh, R-E-I-L-L-Y? I'll give you another guess. <laughs> uh, R-Y? No. Uh. <laughs> R's right. You've got the R. I'll give you an R. R-E? Uh, nope. Well, just fucking tell me. But they're all obvious guesses, right? Yeah. R-H. R-H-Y. L-E-E. Riley. Where does that come from? Is that a family name or something? I mean, it comes from... Is that a character from Warcraft? That's where where it comes from. (laughs) Riley. Uh, Anyway. From House Baratheon. (laughs) I mean, we've already got fucking Zane Cordy and Ace Cordy. And and we've got fucking Riley. Riley. (laughs) Fucking West. Come on, guys. Uh, So, how old is he? Uh, he, he, uh, Here we go. Like his seven-time Bulldogs best and fairest winning father... Uh, he was in the under 16. Okay, so we've got a couple of years so still. Couple, yeah. He's uh, eligible for the draft in 2018. Fucking hell. Yeah. Exciting times, though. It's good. Very exciting. Uh, yeah, Bulldogs, um, look, that was one of those games where we could have lost because it was wet and we were going up north and blah, blah, blah. I was very, just very happy that we did a good enough job. We're, do, we're just doing that thing. fucking sons, man. Like, cannot take a trick. So who went down? Ablett went out and uh, Prestia? Oh, yeah. Prestia's, like, out for the rest of us. I mean, this is the thing with their players, though. You've got to start thinking with Prestia and O'Meara and Swallow and those sort of guys. Everyone's looking at them like, oh, God, yeah, Hawthorne might get this person or Collingwood might get this person. I'm like... Moment at one. None of them are, have been playing. Like, they're Amira, risky. They've all got, like, chronic, yeah. like, you know, injuries and... I mean, look, Smith, uh, not, uh, yeah, Smith, who played for the Bulldogs, who's had like three reconstructions or whatever, like, yeah, yeah start on the weekend. And of course, Menzel and those sort of guys have made it back. But, you know, I don't know. It's like, I mean, it's been, it's well, been a rough run. It's but... harder to sell a car when you've got a few dings in it. <laughs> like, it's a really good car, mate. Look, I haven't been able to get it to start for yeah. two years, but I yeah. guarantee yeah. if you've got a good mechanic, you can get it to start. I don't think, I think. There's a couple of times in I can remember in the Saints history where they took a gamble on an injured player. Um, there was a player for... Fuck, what was his name? He played for North. His name was Jesse Smith, I believe. And he was a real gun. And he played like one year of like amazing football. Maybe he was a rising star or whatever. And then two years just could not get his hamstrings right. And they um, invested in him, like took him like a late draft pick. And it just couldn't get it started. We're trying it again now with Nathan Freeman, which will be interesting. Nathan Freeman played his first game. He was a top 10 draft pick from two years, three years ago. So same draft as Jack Billings and, uh, and Bont, uh, highly rated, but just couldn't get on the park at Collingwood. And so St Kilda took him with a second round draft pick last year. He played one development game this year where he picked up 47 touches in three quarters. And then, uh, his hamstrings have tightened up again. And so they've eased him back into seniors. So he plays. Is the reason that his hamstrings are so tight is he got too many touches in that first game? <laughs> yeah. like, you slow down, mate. Yeah. You fucked your hamstrings <laughs> from running and kicking too much. Well, it's it's just interesting. Like, just some players, they just don't get their bodies right. Some actually don't get their bodies right and still manage to have careers. Like, Cozzy, you know, got injured really early and was never quite right. You know, just had a host of injuries. But 
was big and tough enough that he could, you know, bash out 200 games or whatever. Yeah, Cosby was like that. Remember that show, Bush Mechanic? Yeah. Do you remember that <laughs> yeah. in the old days? And like, you know, some bit had fall out of the car and the dude would just like pull it out of the car and throw it away and just keep driving. That was Cosby. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I mean, he just, he was a, he was a, one of the Norwich Rising Star. He was a number two draft pick. He could have been, he was a ruckman. That's what they were going to do with him. But um, they threw him in the ruck too early and he got knocked about really badly. And I don't think we had good, like, what it was, what's it, what's the, you know, like the... Conditioning? Conditioning, strength and conditioning, all that kind of stuff. We had, that era for St Kilda, I think, was a bit of a wasted opportunity because we had those draft picks like Clark and Ball and stuff. And I think we're in such a rush to play finals. We pushed all those kids in really early. We didn't really have enough old guard to sort of do a proper crossover. So by the time we got to playing finals in 2004 and 2005, we used to get a shitload of injuries. And I used to think, you know, it was a fucking a hex that I wanted to annex. But um, I think a lot of it had to do with those players being pushed too quick. You know, especially the midfielders. We talked before about the osteitis pubis. Luke Ball, like he was, he no one remembers, but he was a super pacey fucking midfielder. Really good skills, brave. And then, you know, we played him on the ball no pun intended, ball was on the ball, and he got smashed. Like, do you remember there's a phase where they were... Why wasn't my name Luke Ford Pocket? (laughs) We know know what he was like. like, Why wasn't my name Luke Floating Defender? (laughs) uh... Luke, one behind in the gap, no man. I've changed my name. He did the Brian. He did the Brian Harris Brian Lake and comes back one day. She's like, uh... Luke out of bounds. Luke outside player. (laughs) Uh... You know who he was like before he got injured was Joel Selwood. He yeah. played like that, like yeah. tough, skillful. Um, but then when uh, when Ross Lyon came to the club, he could barely kick 30 metres. Like that used to be the joke. It was like, fuck, like if Bawley gets it in the forward line, he can't be more than 30 metres out. But I mean, fuck it. He went on to win a premiership at Collingwood. So that's what I mean though. Like some players get an injury, a bad one, Osteotis pubis. He just became a different kind of player. He just became a, like I guess, a what would you call him, inside player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he did. He, I mean, he was. I think he was important at Collingwood, and I think that next year when things didn't quite work as well was when he. Well, the reason they got rid of him reportedly at St Kilda was Ross Lyon played this whole kind of team defence thing, like the whole ground, and he just didn't cover enough ground quickly enough because he osteitis pubis. Right. But in that two thousand and nine Grand Final, if you watch it again, he's our best player in the first three quarters. Like, I think he's tagging Ablett or someone, but he's fucking in and under. He's the guy you want in the finals because he'll throw, like Lenny Hayes, will throw himself on a grenade. And then inexplicably, at like the 10-minute mark of the last quarter, he's taken off when, you know, the game's in the balance and he never comes back on and then the next year he's gone. And just part of me is like, I just hope that was a tactical error and it wasn't Ross Lyon having an issue with Luke Ball and having to pull him off the ground for ego. I mean, who knows? But it was enough of a reason for Luke to. I mean, seek technically, like Luke Ball was just disabled, right? What do you mean? Well, I mean, he had a disability. Yeah, right. Like he had osteoarthritis uh, pubis. pubis, which is like a like a yeah. crippling disability of the penis. And Ross Lyon refused to uh, have ramps at the club. <laughs> he hates disabled people. I think that's what we've discovered, <laughs> Charlie. Is Ross Lyon? That's why we were happy to get rid of him. Hates disabled people, <laughs> allegedly or something. <laughs> Whatever we do, not to get sued. I mean, if osteoitis pubis... Yeah, I don't want to have a Sonia Kruger moment on the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, we can just blame it on being on uh, hardcore and, drugs. Yeah, no. Well, what were they? Anti-inflammatory... No, anti-inflammatories and... Heavy-duty painkillers. Yeah, right. That's what he said. I'm on heavy-duty painkillers all the time. And yeah. I, I I like to feel that I'm... Yeah, you know, I manage to keep my lid on my racism. So you, I was going to say, you don't say the drugs make you racist? I mean, I don't, I don't feel like I'm any more racist than normal. <laughs> I've got to be honest with you. 
It's like... Yeah. <laughs> Gee, my hips don't hurt, but I suddenly hate Asians. It like, was, it doesn't really it work like that. It was odd that he... I mean, they must have done the interview before the Caroline Wilson thing, right? So, this is, like, one of the things that I will... Um, oh, by the way, so this broke on Sunday, this story, that mm. Eddie Maguire in the GQ magazine profile had admitted, which may or may not be true. Like, I mean, I, I'm not having any problem with the validity of, like, his mm. statement, but at the time when he made the, the Adam Goods joke, and I remember hearing this, by the way, and I've said this before, like, on the podcast, Eddie is David Brent, and he gets in trouble when he tries to do his comedy, right? Yeah. And that morning when he made the Adam Goods King Kong thing, he was trying to be funny. Yeah. He was referencing a thing that had happened that week and King Kong the Musical was on and he wasn't actually saying that he thought, like in the context of that overall thing, he thought he was making a funny joke. Yeah. He wasn't. It was totally offensive and totally ill-conceived and, you know, it was, but awkward. It was awkward. It was David Brent. It was a classic fucking David Brent moment where he was like, I've yeah. summed this up and been topical and funny and everyone else went, no, <laughs> that's really horribly offensive. Now, if uh, the news was at the time that he was on Heavy Duty Painkillers, I think for a guy who understands the media so much, Eddie Maguire, he doesn't understand the media at all and how it works. Like, that's one of those situations where immediately... Firstly, when you make your apology, you make it like, you know, straight away and sincerely. But the second thing you do, if it's actually true that you shouldn't have been at work that morning, and if it's actually true that the night before you were at a Michael Long fundraiser raising $300,000 for Indigenous people, then that's the time when your people leak that to a friendly journalist. That's when you actually call Caroline Wilson and say, hey, here's the real story. And you give her an exclusive interview and she... You know, takes it all into account and you put that out in the public arena. But what you don't do is like way down the track, <laughs> do one of these GQ profiles and then try to, did you see that thing he did about that? The, the drug, the, the drugs made me racist one wasn't even the worst one. Right. The worst one was the boned uh, Jessica Rowe. Did you see this? Because no. remember when he yeah, was yeah. head of Channel 9 and the big controversy was that he said, when are we going to bone Jessica Rowe? Now, I always thought he got in a little bit too much trouble about that because it was construed as like a sexist thing, whereas I think the term Bone like, boning to someone get meant to get rid of somebody, yeah. right? Now, it may have been... But anyway, whatever. Yeah. But he, he's now going with this thing of going, oh, no, I that's wouldn't That's what have. that show with uh, David Boreanaz was about, right? Bones. Bones. Yeah, yeah, it's people constantly fired. about people getting fired <laughs> from news reading jobs. Yeah. It's about female news readers being fired. And it's been on for nine seasons. Yeah, it's I'm, oddly popular. I mean, it was weird. I always thought it was like a crime show or something until I <laughs> no. watched an episode. And yeah. then, wow, I was like... Yeah, it. it um, he's now said, oh, no, I never would have said that. Sometimes I said burn. I probably said, when are we going to burn her? And I was like, <laughs> not I better. Feel like that's no, worse. no, no. Sorry, not burn. I said, burn. when, I mean, when I, are you going to drown her? No, not that one. Drown her. When are we going to lynch her? Hang on. When are we going to bury her in dirt at crossroads? And then, hang on. No. When are we going to tie her to some tracks as a locomotive approaches? When are we going to collect deadly spiders and then put them all in a glass box and lower her? What? <laughs> when are we going to put a reverse bear trap in her mouth so she doesn't find the key in time? It opens and splits her head up. When are we going to put her in a well and then get a little rub lotion on? her skin like when are we going to do this uh, so that could be construed as uh, offensive possibly sexist at the worst homicidal ah uh, come on <laughs> I'm come on, on painkillers just a joke mate I'm on painkillers <laughs> just a bit of banter so he's done this interview and he's obviously the point of it would have been there's been a break between when these things happen GQ are going to profile me I have an opportunity to on the record 
kind of, yeah. you know, set the record straight. Yeah. And then in that time, the Caroline Wilson thing has happened, <laughs> which then has completely changed the tone of this Torpedoed entire thing, it. right? Yeah. It's that extra thing. But yeah. not only did it happen, but he handled the apology terribly and then he kind of escaped the country, you know, like he went... Mm. I mean, again, you know, he's been on like Lindsay Fox's like four hundred people. <laughs> Everyone's been ocean on. Liner. Everyone but you and I have been on that fucking four hundred people. Molly was there. What, Lindsay and- Fox doesn't like podcasts. <laughs> I'm a fucking saint supporter. We could talk footy the whole time. I'm sure he'd love that. Yeah, Lindsay Fox's fucking boat. Mate. Yeah, Lindsay Fox's boat. Four hundred uh, different people on that boat. Um, and and Eddie for was his out birthday or something. His, yeah, well, for his um, it's not even his birthday. It's his. Uh, a conception. It's called Tuesday for Lindsay taking yeah, the yacht out. It's the it's the eightieth anniversary of his conception. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's a great idea though. Two right. birthdays. Yeah. I think right. I feel we're straying into territory of, of our other podcast. We should maybe just steer it back to football. Charlie and I this week were like, maybe we'll just do one where we don't go through the games and we randomly talk. How will that go? <laughs> Apparently, it'll get us to Lindsay Fox's boat. Well, to get back to football, can we talk about the Saints? Yeah. Did you see that game? Uh, I did not see any of the Saints game. No, I, no, that's not true. I saw uh, I saw the Demons first quarter. Yeah, and you thought... And then I came out the back here I, and I listened to the rest of it on yeah. the radio. So I didn't watch any of the rest of it, but I listened to the rest of it. I mean, two things. One, we play Eddie Had really, really well. We play Eddie Had like it's an ice skating rink. Like the way right. we move the ball, I don't understand... Like, is it just because the conditions are so perfect, you can you can take a higher risk, sort of quick movement of the footy and don't have to worry about the ball getting blown by the wind or something? I mean, I think there is, there's, there's part of that, and I think part of it is the size of the ground. Like, and I think also the firmness as well, because it's quite yeah. hard. And I think that when you play that, like, I mean, high pressure, like, the, there was a great stat out of the Saints game. Well, firstly, of course you guys should, should have won, because apparently Melbourne haven't beaten you guys for 14 fucking years. Since 2006, which... You know, it's kind of weird because I just, I, I feel like everyone that we, we had like a, we had a hold over Carlton, we had a hold over Richmond, all those have fallen in the last few years since we've been down the bottom end of the ladder. But that one it's a fucking interesting has stat, isn't prevailed. It? Like Grant, Grant Thomas was the coach of St Kilda last time they beat us. And and Melbourne can't win at any hat. No. Like they haven't won there in. Oh no, they won at one game at the end of last year. But one game in like 35 games. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. So, like, I mean, it's really one of those things where I think that we should have known. But Melbourne, if you watch that, I mean, that first quarter... Is what they should do every week. I was just like, well, Melbourne are just going to win this. Like, But the yeah. Saints, they just bring the pressure. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's the great thing about them is when, on the day when they turn up, and I think that's why when they don't turn up, I think their game is so reliant on that mm. pressure. you got like, to be they switched play a on game. from... The that word if you're go, not, yeah. then there's not... A- well, you know what was interesting in that first quarter? Because you're right, that's our game is, you know, uh, Alan Richards said, said in his press conference, like they like to send w- two or more tacklers to a contest because they don't want to hit you just once, they want to hit you a second time. And he said that's risky because if the person stands up in a tackle, there's suddenly a loose player ahead that they can get the ball to. But he says that's how they like to roll the dice first up. And in that first quarter, it wasn't working. And I actually... We were tackling hard. Like I, I actually thought the umpires were letting it go a bit. They're just they're giving players plenty of opportunity. Like I'm so fuzzy, by the way, on the kind of illegal disposal made an attempt rule. Like I don't. Uh, what is the that what is you, the that difference? put you on par with every current AFL player? <laughs> it makes no sense. Like the so if you get tackled and you're mid kick, but your foot is back, that's holding the ball. 
because your foot is isn't forward. But if you if you manage to swing your foot past the kind of medium point in a forward motion and you get tackled, but don't make contact, you're making an attempt. That seems to be that seems to be the what my understanding of the of those two. I mean, it's it, it's one of those times at the moment where I really think we're in a. I mean, it's it, at the best of times. It's a hard thing to. Um, yeah. uh, it's always been a bit of a hard thing to adjudicate. Yeah. But at the moment, I really do feel like people don't quite know what's no. going on. So in that first quarter, I mean, well, did you see the Ferrito uh, oh, yeah, yeah. rush behind where he was like, you were like, well, that looks like a rush behind. <laughs> that looks like what yeah. we all understood the rush behind. He's under rule pressure. Was. He went to the yeah. No, I don't understand that. By the way, is somebody barbecuing. Is there a smell in the air of like barbecue? No, or that's just Australia on fire because right. it's fucking the middle of July <laughs> and it's twenty four degrees. What the fuck is happening? Um, yeah, no, the Saints were we were laying tackles that weren't sticking, and so they were getting lots of kicks over the top. And I think they got like seven, uh, four goals from turnovers or something like that. But if you maintain that pressure, eventually they're going to crack. And I think it's a sort of a psychological thing as well for them. Like as soon as they got like four goals up, but then in the second quarter, like very quickly into the second quarter, we got scores level. And then it must be in the back of their mind. Even if this is your first year playing AFL for Melbourne, there is no fucking hoodoo. Something woven into the psychology of that club, right? Even if the fact that Paul Roos didn't mention it in his pregame address is kind of like, you know, why didn't he mention it? That would be the point. Or even if he did mention it, it's like, well, why did he mention it? You know what I mean? Like they're going into a psychological, like a uh, uh, mousetrap. Yeah, I mean, it eventually it gets to that point. Yeah. Well, that's what well, pressure hit him. Like they started missing easy shots on goal and stuff. But um, I think this week will be really we should be a good fun game because now you're down string it sort of evens the score we get a bit closer to you guys. Well, it's the second uh, two guys one cup cup. Yeah. Uh, do, do, do we need another moniker for it? Not just the like the the two guys one cup derby or you know you got the Q clash, you got uh, so it's not, showdown. Is it the cup clash? Cup cup clash. The cup cup clash. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like a waiter dropping a tray at a restaurant. <laughs> cup, cup, clash. Yeah, I think cup, cup, clash is good. The two guys won cup, cup. So it's a cup, cup, clash. <laughs> the cup, cup, clash. Yeah. All right. Well, it's the second cup, cup, clash. Uh, a couple of things. I don't know how long we've been talking for, but a couple of things before uh, we uh, start to wind it up yeah. uh, that I wanted to talk about this week. Uh, firstly, uh, we talked about Patrick Dangerfield. So I just want to... Um, there was an article in The Age, oh no, The Herald Sun, sorry, The Herald Sun on the weekend um, that I read when I was down in Melbourne. And mm. uh, Patrick Dangerfield writes a, an article yeah, yeah. Good. for there. And he did a thing about trades, um, but it was commentator trades. So he's written this article <laughs> about like, you know, the media industry is just like football. It's highly competitive and a tough road where there's pressure to produce results. Um, you need listeners, you need subscribers, you need an audience. If you're not getting there, uh, it's maybe time to get someone who can. Here are some possible trade scenarios for the football media industry. So this is Paddy Dangerfield's uh, commentator trades. Uh, Hamish McLaughlin, replaced on game day by Gilmer McLaughlin. He's better, he's older, he's taller, has a deeper voice, and after speaking to his mum, he's apparently the favourite child. <laughs> Hamish is keen to play the players what they want, so will be the perfect man to be in charge of the AFL. Uh, zing. Like, firstly... Good one. Good fucking joke. Strong premise. Like, is there nothing that fucking this yeah, dude can't no. do? All right. Jared Waitley. <laughs> Robert Murphy will be replacing him as the host of AFL 360. Jared talks so much about the dog Skipper, we might as well have the real thing doing it. <laughs> Zing! 
Like, that's true for fucking two. Yeah. Uh, I love this. Uh, Matthew Lloyd. Swap for Chris Hemsworth on Footy Classified. Both have hammers, but Chris looks better with his. But don't worry, Matty. You'll be well compensated with your new movie, Saw 3, The Velvet Sledgehammer, <laughs> in cinemas in September. I'm like, fuck, now you're doing Tofop shit. Yeah. Like, this is... Uh, all right. Uh, I will... Uh, uh, Dwayne Russell? I yeah. like this one. Never met another Dwayne, and I don't think anyone else has, so he stays. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, Basil Zemplis. Never met another Dwayne. Never so met another stays. Dwayne, so he stays. Great. Basil Zemplis. Any other herb. Basil. Uh, yeah, you got it. No, it's yeah. a good word. Not the strongest one. Oh, okay, I like yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. I've got to be honest with you. I like you the, like the pun. I like the, and I like that it was a different beat. Yeah, yeah. No, it's true. I like All that. All right, here we go. This is a good one. This, yeah. this is one of my favorites. Bruce McAvaney. Hard to replace Bruce, but we're going with Cyril Rioli's mum because no one loves Cyril more. <laughs> <laughs> good. Good. Uh, all right. Um, uh, what do we got? Uh, on the couch. Oh, here we go. David King. This yeah. is a pretty funny one. Uh, straight swap for the champion data app. <laughs> Kingy is taking his champion data theories to the World Surfing League because, for the life of me, I can't work out its scoring system. <laughs> but... <laughs> Zing. Is he writing this himself? I don't fucking know. But what if... comedians live in Geelong? Do you know any? There must be some. Anyone who just loved Moggs Creek? Is yeah. there a Moggs Creek? Did they, they, they Frank Costa's like some comedian, Frank Costa's parents? Um, uh, you know, Daryl. You know what? Daryl Summers is writing these. No, Daryl Summers has asked John Blackman to write these for Danger. He's I mean, a big Cats fan. Yeah, that's. He's true. got pull. Yeah, Daryl. This is what Daryl's doing yeah. now? Dag, like, Dag's got John Blackman to write these. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Daryl outsourced these jokes to Blackers. Yeah. And, but Daryl brings them down to the club and climbs them as his own. Yeah. <laughs> and it's then like, asks if they'll cut his hair. It's like when <laughs> he comes to the club for haircuts now rather than channel. <laughs> uh, um, oh, okay. uh, that refers yep. to an anecdote that Daryl Summers apparently used to turn up at Channel 9 even after Hey Hey had been cancelled to get his hair cut. Uh, yes, exactly. Alleged. And also, allegedly. And allegedly, also, uh, Daryl Summers, when he worked at Channel 9, uh, used to wear bells on his slippers so that the makeup ladies would hear him coming. That's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> Question mark? Um. Just before we go, yep. I've been contacted a couple times now by uh, someone who follows us on Twitter. Okay. I don't know what his real name is. Uh, his Twitter handle is the 19th man. I'm assuming from his avatar, he's an, a Crow supporter. Okay. But he was very incensed a few days ago mm-hmm. that apparently Scott Thompson played his 300th yep. game. Oh, yeah, I saw this. And story. he didn't get yep. a guard of honour. From the Collingwood players. Yes. So uh, the 19th man has contacted me again today. Yep. And he said, Charlie. Charlie. Bulldogs, Crows, and Saints formed guards of honour for Revolt, Burgoyne, and Petrie, respectively, for their 300s, part two. But the pies did not for Scott Thompson, I added the uh, inflection. Yep, sure. He seems quite calm. No, it's good, though. No I like, no, I like what you've brought to the role, Charlie. Please tell us your thoughts on the next pod. Hashtag two guys, one cup. Now, the way he's phrased it uh-huh. sounds like it's a very neutral question with no right. agenda. No, no, no. He's not leading us at all <laughs> with that. Yeah. How our... Co- <laughs> like, I was a bit before, I was like, do we really give guards of honour to 300 players? Like, everyone's playing 300 now. Who gives a shit, right? Boomer's going to play 900. But then suddenly I'm like, well, if our clubs did it, yeah, yeah. then maybe maybe Collingwood should have. I, uh, 
I don't. How when did, has the tradition always been a guard of honor? The other club gives someone a guard of honor. And has as that well? always been the case? I don't think so. I feel, I feel no, like it's fairly I feel recent. like it's a recent tradition. Yeah, yeah. So look, I think sure. I don't know much about Scott Thompson. I know he's that kind of play. He's like, you know, fairly I mean, he's a champion. He's been a champion of that club for a very long time. So do you think maybe it was on it was on the Buckley list? Do not give guards oh, yeah, of honours for... Nathan Buckley has a list of five guys he will give guards of honour to. Okay, let's say... And Scott Thompson isn't on that list. He goes, Boomer, we'll give Boomer one. Big year for Boomer. How would you feel if, it, if Brad Johnson, at his 300th game, if you'd played Collingwood, they didn't give him a guard of honour? I mean, I don't think you'd I... You'd beaten him. And they didn't give you a guard of honour, would you? I've got to be honest with you. I don't think I would have given a shit one way or the other, to be honest, if the opposition... In fact, it, but here's the thing. I would love that my club did it. That's yeah. the thing that I would say. I don't really care that a club does it, but I would be proud of my club if they did. I think it's a nice thing to do. And if a player plays 300 games that the other side is respectful of that, then I... Yeah, I mean, I think it's appropriate. So, yeah, no, fuck you, Colin. <laughs> <And> there <we go. laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> no, five minutes to get to You that, know what? Yeah. I wasn't... I wasn't angry, but I've worked myself <laughs> up to anger, and now I'm here. Well done, Fuck Tom, you, Nathan, Nathan Buckley. You're on my bucket list. <laughs> Should we quickly look at the games next week? Oh, yeah, uh, quickly. I just oh. wanted to mention there's a couple of things. Uh, oh, yes. They banned the T-shirt gun. Yep. I just think we needed to acknowledge the fact that uh, we uh, do indeed live in a nanny state, <laughs> and it's political correctness gone back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you think we take gun control seriously in Australia? In Australia we take it we fucking seriously. We fucking T-shirt gun yeah. in this country. Come on. Uh, all right. Uh, so that uh, I want to mention that, and I want to mention chompers, because uh, <laughs> it turns out... Because uh, we've all been following uh, the world of uh, Tony Jones, the, the Channel 9 uh, newsreader and sports commentator, and uh, the crosses from the footy show. Now, I don't watch the footy show. We've talked about this before. I don't enjoy the footy show. I think it's a terrible show. But there is one moment that I do enjoy about the footy show is when they plug the footy show on the Channel 9 news, and at the end, there's been a tradition. And now there's a compilation of them that we posted on the Facebook page on Tofop's Facebook page uh, that came from the Triple M team who put it together of uh, all the players at the end saying thanks, Chompers. Yeah. And it's ramped up of like... Yes. Like there's been some Uncle Chomp Chomp. Yeah. There's uh, been some Chompity Chomp Chomp Chomp. I think Drew there's Petrie... Some, some biting sounds. I think Drew Petrie, to be honest, in his finest moment of this season, <laughs> dropped a Chompity Chomp 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 the other day. And apparently Chompers... He's not now happy. not amused. He's chomping at the bit. I think there was a little bit where Chompers was into it and he was like, this is making me a man of the people and people yeah. now, like, you know, because okay. he's an unlikable person, Tony Jones. So I think this was making him likable, <laughs> but now he's snapped. So just say this was happening to you. Yes. How what, how do you play this without coming across? I mean, do you just have to absorb it and then take it with good humour? You've got to. Or do you fight back? You've got to up it. Well, firstly, stop looking so fucking pissed off <laughs> every time they do it. Because that is only fueling the fire. Because it's not really the thing they say that is the funniest bit about it if you watch the videos. Yeah, it's, it's his the reaction. reaction of him time after time yeah. just thinking that it's over. But it's not over, Chompers. <laughs> and it's never going to be over. You've only, by saying that you don't like it, fanned the flame more. This is some kind of like Buddhist idea of hell because he's refusing to change. He's, he's not being flexible like water, you know, like he's not flowing like water. He's being too rigid in his beliefs. Right. Maybe if he just allowed it to, you know, just let it happen, take right. part of it, maybe he'd be released from this curse. Right. He's got to embrace the chompers. Yeah, embrace the chompers. I chompers. say get bigger chompers. <laughs> I think that's that's the way he's got to go about it, right? He comes home one That day would be amazing. With bigger teeth. Bigger chompers. Right. Yeah. Or maybe he doesn't actually have to get the operation. Maybe 
he just when they're doing the footy show bit as they're doing their last bit and he says he says thank you he, and they say thank you chompers yeah. he puts in some of those giant comical teeth <laughs> and just comes back or how about this yeah when they're, they're filming the player and he's saying, yeah, we're going to have a good game this weekend. They yeah. cut back to Chompers. He's brushing his teeth. Right. Oh, there yeah. There you go. That's pretty that good. That shows you've got a sense of humour and you can take, put an extra layer on you it. You own the Chompers. Yeah. Or he goes the opposite and just starts going back at them. Yeah. So when du- Drew Petrie last week was like, chompity, chomp, 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 he could have gone, well, you should get a fucking kick. Yeah, you yeah. <laughs> You're letting your team down. You're probably not going to well, make that's the what finals. He, that's what he said, right? He, he, was, like, that. he was like, oh, uh, you know, like, you should worry about your form. your form. Yeah. <laughs> To be honest, that's a pretty harsh burn. It's a fair point. That's well, a pretty Drew harsh Petrie burn. has dropped all his media commitments. Did you see that? No. For the rest of the season. Like, he had a whole bunch of media, and because of his form, he's like, just, he's just like he's concentrate doing, on footy. He's giving himself a media ban. He's taking himself off Media Street. Yeah, right. Media blackout. All right. Blackout. Uh, the okay. Let's have a look at uh, this week's uh, games that are coming up. I know. You might actually be able, if we get this up in time, you might actually be able to make your tips based on our stupid. Recommendations. recommendations yeah I mean I, look you know we don't actually recommend that but if you want to <laughs> if you want to have a go at it I don't know what our tally would have been over the season but somebody oh, no. said to me that was like oh if the podcast had been up on the time I would have known to pick the Bulldogs and I was like I pick the Bulldogs every week so uh, I tipped Carlton last week that was my lock of the week Carlton right. and they almost fucking got up yeah okay but that doesn't count you know for your lock of the week well no your lock of the week isn't something that might almost happen no but my lock of the week I try I try to pick I try to find the balance between the most unlikely, uh-huh. but could happen. Okay. <laughs> you know, so like oh, right. the ten percent could happen. Okay, game. well, uh, so well, never, never Brisbane, but Richmond a lot. <laughs> all right, well, we're all looking forward to it. So let's uh, see. <laughs> we're all I looking can, forward uh, to it. Says no one about right, my luck of the week. Let's see if I can find these right. games, and then uh, my thank you to Malcolm Turnbull for our terrible internet that is still giving me trouble here tonight. But here we go. Uh, on Friday night, so no Thursday games this week. Thank fuck. I'm, yeah. I'm actually, you know what? I don't mind a Thursday game every now and again, but... Not regular. Yeah, it's too much. Like, yeah. I, I like... It's the, not the weekend yet. You're fooling me into thinking I can relax. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, Friday, and plus also, like, sometimes you're like, oh, fuck, if your team loses on a Thursday night, you fucked my whole fucking week. Yeah. Like, you fuck Friday as well. Uh, okay, Friday the 22nd, uh, Collingwood are going to be playing uh, the North Melbourne Football Club. Now, this is... D-Day. It's at Eddie Had, if that makes any difference. Um, yeah. Which is weird. Like, why is it at Eddie Had? Collingwood and North Melbourne on a Friday night. Wouldn't you have thought that was like... MCG. I guess it's a North Melbourne home game, but it says Collingwood. Collingwood's first, right? Does that mean that they, yeah, it's their, their home game? game. They sell why it would Collingwood have a home game at Eddie Had? That seems to make no sense. I don't but know. Anyway... Um, uh, who's your tip for that? What do you think? Pies. Really? Mm-hmm. To keep it alive. To, to keep, keep it alive. The Saints' hopes, her mathematical chances. Alive. I think. Uh, I think Goldspink is injured. Goldspink. Goldspink. Goldspink <laughs> and Sons. Goldstein. Goldstein. Who's Goldspink? I don't know. I don't know. So <laughs> your lawyer. Give <laughs> <laughs> uh, Goldspink on the line. <laughs> Goldstein's injured. Is definitely not right. I think Waite and Del Santo are coming back from injury. They're still not right either. They, and fucking Daniel Wells looks so fragile. Like, he looks like he's Mr. Glass from Unbreakable. He's not Wells. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I pick Collingwood. <sighs> wow. I don't know who to pick in this because North Melbourne have to win this. And I just think after the week they've had and whatever, I just think they're going to be good enough to beat Collingwood. I'm not confident in that tip, but I'm going to say North Who's Melbourne. Back some, who needs... Is the shin bonus spirit greater than the backs against the wall right now? Like what, what 
ancient club spiritualism is driving the which club more? I mean, it's the Battle of the Stripes. It's the Battle of the... Like, uh, nah, it's the North. North are a better team than Collingwood. So North, despite okay. how badly they've been playing... I think, I think Collingwood will do it because it's such a fucking cruel, villainous thing to do. Because if they do it, they're basically dooming North Melbourne to be that team that won nine in a row, were on top of the ladder, and then didn't make the finals. And if anyone's going to do it to you, it'll be fucking Collingwood. So I'm tipping the pies. All right, that's true. Uh, Saturday, uh, July 23, uh, at uh, 1.45, so an afternoon game, early afternoon game at the SCG. Sydney take on Carlton. A, uh... <laughs> That's my... No way. <laughs> nah, they can't have been playing well, though. Yeah, then... No, I mean... They've got no. Joe Biden what? on their side now. They've got the second most powerful man in the world on their side now. I don't think... I just think Sydney, By the way, Sydney need Mason to... Mason Cox. Yeah. Uh, I know. Talk about like... I mean, talk about being... Like... What about the other dude? There's a guy from Carlton who hasn't even played a game who's on the other side of him. I, it's one of those things, though, with, like, Mason Cox, he was on the radio talking about, like, going to the footy with Joe Biden. And yeah. he said, like, you know, like, this is a really big deal. Yeah. Like, he's the vice president of America. And, like, Joe Biden rang his mum, yeah. like, rang his mum to say, and, like, got her message back, apparently. Yeah. But, like, it's such a big deal. Do you reckon uh, Do you reckon he made Joe, because Mason got him the tickets, did Joe have to go get the pies and beer? Yeah, he's like, I'll go get the fucking tickets, mate. And yeah. look, you know what? I'll put my jacket on your suit. Yeah. Like, you go and get the How beer. How far do I have to go? Oh, the bar is way down yeah, there. They mate. may have pies in the, in the heater, but if they don't, can you go to the snack bar? Oh, yeah. and get me some chips as well. Yeah, get us some chips. And uh, you know what? You're only going to get four drinks at a time, so you're going to have to go twice. <laughs> Joe Biden never got to see a second of the game because he's constantly getting your drinks. Uh, yeah, so Sydney should win that, right? Sydney, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think they have to beat up on someone too. Like yeah. they've, they've, yeah, it's time. They yeah. do actually. You're right. And Buddy, Buddy didn't kick a goal last Buddy week, so that means he'll kick ten this week. Yeah, I think so. So, and I, who have they got to play on him? I don't even know. Not Weedering, surely not. I mean, it'd be interesting. He's like Weedering, forward, and they Buddy. played him up forward last yeah, week. Yeah, I think they should keep him up forward for a while because he does look like he and, might be their best hope down there. Yeah, and he's also getting bashed in the back line. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, Gold Coast uh, take on Frio at uh, Metricon. Ooh. No, Whoa. Metricon, not Metricon. MS, uh, what's MS? Mm. Is that Metricon? Metricon? Is that? Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. Metricon. Yeah, Metricon. Okay, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, I don't know. Um, pff, shit. I guess Frio? I think Frio might win this. That's my lock of the week. All right. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to... Um, oh, geez, it's hard to pick the Gold Coast, isn't it, with all those people out? I guess... <sighs> I mean, that's a really... Yeah, it's a pickle. It's a game nobody wants to really win. <laughs> or watch... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've, okay. I get, Frio, I guess, have just got to be a better team than Gold Coast. So yeah. I'm going to say, um, uh, nah, fuck it. Gold Coast, and that's my luck of the week. <laughs> okay. Gold Coast at home. Okay. Lynch okay. to kick a bag. Two what? meter Peter. No. To, um, <laughs> two meter to be tall. Really to be tall. tall. <laughs> to be tall. <laughs> Um, all right. Uh, later on that day, two thirty-five at Domain Stadium, uh, the West Coast Eagles play uh, Melbourne. Oh, that's an interesting game. Uh, I don't know, man. Melbourne too easily dispirited. Taking on Eagles at home is a big fucking challenge. I'm gonna say Eagles. Yeah, Eagles. Eagles for me. They're pretty good at home still. I think the West Coast Eagles. I just think their trouble is they're no good on the road, and unfortunately, they're not going to get a home final. I wouldn't have thought so. No, they can still finish top four. They've got a pretty easy run home. Yeah, but... Yeah, I don't think they will. Okay. I, don't, I, think, uh, I think the Eagles are going to struggle. I don't think they can win the flag. No, definitely um, not. And, but I do think they'll be good enough to beat Melbourne over there. Um, 
All right, uh, and at 7.25 that night at Etihad, um, we have the Western Bulldogs playing St Kilda. In the cup In the cup two guys, clash. one cup, cup clash. <laughs> no, the, <laughs> the cup, cup clash. The two guys, one cup, cup, the cup, yep. cup clash. The cup, cup clash. Uh, yeah, I reckon this will be a ripper. So the CCC. Really? Yeah, yeah, the CCC. Yeah, it's like yeah. a nicer version of the KKK. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I reckon, I reckon this will be a good game. I reckon this will be fun to watch as a neutral observer. I think it'll be quick. Um, I would like to think if we, I reckon we're in a better position to beat you this game than last game. I'm going to pick the Saints just because I reckon if we bring the same intensity we brought against Geelong, we beat most teams at Eddie Had. So I'm going to pick the Saints. Yeah, it's a danger game for the Bulldogs, I would have thought. Like, apart from that last game where we beat up on you a little bit, traditionally St Kilda play really well against the Bulldogs, and I think your style is a style that troubles us. Um, Tom Boyd stays in. Yep. Yeah, he played well enough, I thought, and um, particularly with Stringer out. be interesting if McCartan's at one end and Boyd's at the other. It'll be. I think it'll be a, a really fun game. I think yeah, you're right that it's like, it will be one of those games where, but I think the Bulldogs, this is the sort of game that if we're genuine about, like, yeah. you know, this is one we need to win to be top four. Yeah. So I'm going to say the Bulldogs. Too much on the line. And I, I think, I think we'll win. It's, it'll be interesting. It could be very slow in the first quarter because you've basically got contested ball kings taking on pressure kings. So what you're going to see a lot of is, I think, a lot of, uh, a lot of just like um, inside football at the start. It's going to be a lot of tackling and a lot of... A lot of um, what do you call them? Packs. Look at that. I was going to say scrum. Yeah, welcome, <laughs> but welcome to our footy podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear the theme song? We know <laughs> nothing. Nothing. But I think it's going to be a case of can the Bulldogs stand up to the pressure because you're going to – if you guys can you, – you you are used to taking hits and, and playing like in really, really hot contested football. So if we don't break you early on, there's a danger you guys could run away from us. Yeah, uh, I think uh, Bontempelli will be the difference. And I still think a very sneaky chance for the Brownlow this year. I know that all the talk is about Dangerfield and Martin, but... And uh, Sloan, holy fuck, Sloan. Yeah, amazing. I mean, look... Rory Sloan, imagine if he beats Dangerfield for the Brownlow. That could be... If Adelaide win the grand final and that happens at the Brownlow, it's someone like fucking Steven Spielberg has written their script. Uh, we have. Uh, uh, will we? What? What is, is your plan on Saturday night? Because we're both going to be at Splendor in the Grass. You really want to go somewhere to watch it? No, I'm just saying. Are you going to check the score? I mean, or do we like keep I mean, it a secret? Well, it's one of those things where like the Cure are playing that night, and I don't want to ruin the Cure. <laughs> but because, if you guys lose, if you get to listen to the I Cure, mean, actually, that'd be perfect. Yeah. For the cure. I'll just be like really yeah. into and this if they tonight, win, Robert, then their kind of later albums right. a bit more poppy. They'll be good too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my enjoyment of the cure will depend on... In fact, what you need is for the Bulldogs to be losing yeah. for the first half right, when, when they're, they're the... darker, older stuff. <laughs> and then when Friday I'm in Love comes on, it's like, yes, kick the winning goal. Let's go. Uh, I don't know. I haven't decided. I mean, generally, I can wait. I can I can, I can, can wait. Yeah. Um, no guarantee right. we'll have coverage anyway, right? No, that's true. Uh, all right. Uh... But if there is a bar playing it... <laughs> <laughs> in, at, at Splendor yeah. <laughs> Summer at Splendor We can just have a little watch Yeah um, Alright uh, Saturday uh, Oh at the same time There's two games on at the same time Which is interesting mm. uh, And this one's at Simmons Stadium Geelong play Adelaide Now this will be a really interesting game I would have thought Yes definitely I think uh, Adelaide will win this I think firstly Geelong Should start the game By uh, Giving a guard of honour <laughs> <laughs> To Scott Thompson? Yeah. <laughs> Just to rub it in Collingwood's face. Be the anti-Collingwood. Yeah, fuck you, Collingwood. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a, that's a, I mean, that's a, you know, 
I just don't reckon. I just, I just don't reckon the cats are as intimidating now in this latter stage of the year as they were six weeks ago. I just don't reckon after what the Swans did. I think that Adelaide, you know, play a very similar game, uh, style of football. It's going to be a down to attitude. If Tom Hawkins comes good, who knows? But he's just so out of form. And they've got a really good defence. I think uh, Adelaide have been good for a while and sometimes when a team's been good for a while, they, they just do a loss for some reason. Um, so I, I just have a feeling that Geelong at home after this week, this is the sort of game, particularly with Dangerfield... Yeah, I'm going to say uh, Geelong for me. I'm going to reckon Geelong will win that one. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, the next day, uh, one ten uh, at Etihad Stadium, Essendon take on the Brisbane Lions in the battle of the <sighs> no one gives spoon. a fuck. Um, this is an interesting game, though. I like you've just got to. I mean, poor Justin Lepage. It's crazy to say, fuck but well, man. it might be. Yeah, I mean, dead man walking. Yeah, I mean, there's no way that he can continue to coach that club. I don't think, by the way, that all the problems are his. No, I don't think so. But that. It just gets to a point sometimes where you're like, we hit reset. Yeah, we just can't. We I just mean, can't he would be. Like he would be happy to go. To be honest, right? like, wouldn't you, mate? Did you see that press conference this week where he was just like, I mean, it was one of those things where he was telling the press that he didn't give a shit about the criticism, but every time he told them that he didn't give a shit, you were like, oh, you give a shit. I'm big and tough. Yeah. Kept I'm, I'm big and tough. strong enough. I'm fine. Take it myself. No, mate, you can say yeah. whatever you want. Yeah. No, none of this is hurting I'm not going to go. As no. soon as you leave, I'm not going to go to my office, shut the door and start crying. I'm crying. <laughs> Cutting myself. No, it's, it's fine. No, I'm really fine with it. I'm a big bloke. Uh, I feel sorry for him. He yeah, seems like a good too. bloke. I mean... Yeah, that's, that's the hardest assignment destroy in to pull fucking, fucking Malcolm Blight back out of retirement pull him off the golf courses give him two million fucking give Malthouse another go he's still hungry oh fuck yeah that'd um, be awesome right. <laughs> who do you re- who do you reckon is going to win that one Essendon Essendon me yeah I reckon too I reckon Ess- oh, they've been it. on the brink two weeks now. I thought Essendon win a couple of games this season and if they're going to win a couple this is their best bet to win one yeah. so smoke and Joe to kick a bag yeah yeah Essendon this week for me um, okay uh, then we have uh, at 320 at the MCG Sort of uh, Hawthorne versus a Richmond. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> and then at 410. Could Richmond possibly? No. Nope. <laughs> that's my other. Lock of the week. Which means it would be Richmond. It would be very fucking Richmond. But no, it wouldn't be very Hawthorne yeah. That's the problem. Uh, unfortunately, being Richmond. Yeah, yeah being Hawthorne. Uh, cancels out big yeah it's like the green lantern's weakness yep. is yellow <laughs> for some reason doesn't make any sense but it just is every other yeah yeah richmond have no power over over, over golden brown um and then uh, this is an interesting game i think at the adelaide oval at 410 on sunday port adelaide taking on the giants yeah interesting that's game. a real that'd be a real that could be a match of the round. Um, like, I mean, it could be a spectacular game to watch because if they both play that style of kind of skilled Dixon, running Dixon's game, not playing. Dixon's out indefinitely. Is he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That opens up, the again, the, to bring it full circle, the finals race for St Kilda a bit more if they don't have yeah. Charlie Dixon. I think, yeah. Well, I mean, GWS should win that. They're not as good on the road as they you know mm. are at home, but I think GWS I've seen a little bit of wobbles in GWS, just a little bit of wobbles. Not heaps. I mean, it's like was it in that? It's first, like when you was it dri- in that first half on the weekend when they kicked seventeen goals? Was it? Was that when you saw the wobbles? It's more like you know when you drive a Rolls Royce and it's such a precision drive and so yeah. well balanced, just like a slight movement of the wheel, like right. ooh, but it take it to a mechanic. <laughs> Mate, they, they Leon Cameron gave them a spray at three quarter time because they kicked three goals in the third quarter. They kicked seventeen in the first two. <laughs> like, come on, 
Yeah, I mean they they should win. They're good. But they should. I, don't I mean, know. they could. I, I don't Port know. Adelaide, Port yeah. Adelaide could give them a shake. Definitely. I mean, because Port Adelaide, you just don't know. Still. Yeah. From week to week, but I'm going to say GLBS okay. for that. What do you think? I'm going to say uh, Port Adelaide. Okay, there you go. That's uh, there you go. That's uh, that's the podcast. Do we need to? Uh, well, do you want to plug our Patreon? Oh yeah, we have a Patreon for our other podcast. Well, it's for all our podcasts. Yes. But if you would like to contribute and help us get them out and help us, uh, you know, employ our producer and get all our artwork done and all those sort of things, it's Patreon.com/slash/tofop, and there are various levels. So you could subscribe one dollar uh, or a um, hundred know. million. I mean, sure. I mean, if one person did that, we probably wouldn't need the other people to subscribe. Yeah, exactly. Well, Gina Reinhardt could do Gina it. Gina Reinhardt, if you're yeah. listening. If you're listening, we know you're a fan. Two Guys, One Cup. Big <laughs> AFL fan. Gina Reinhardt, after the shout-out <laughs> early on, she got on board if, yeah. you're, if you're looking for something to invest in. Yeah, she often posts on our Facebook page. Right. She does on the Reddit. <laughs> yeah, I've got to be honest with you. Really? You know what the, the, they should do with Eddie Had? Dig it up and see if we can mine it underneath, right? <laughs> yeah. We're right. Uh, yeah, so if you can contribute there, that'd be really cool. We're going to the LA Podcast Festival with our other podcast. Uh, yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not taking this one to LA. <laughs> I feel like this wouldn't work there. Yeah, very niche audience. Uh, if you like that podcast, um, we'll get uh, Mason Cox's family coming out to see us and Jason Holmes. He's recommended us to Joe Biden. He might pop in. So, <laughs> so that'll be a good time. So, um, uh, you can, uh, watch a live stream of that if you are anywhere else in the world. Uh, so you get onto the LA Podcast Festival. Uh, $25 gives you access to the whole weekend. Five shows. bucks off if you use the code TOFOP, T-O-F-O-P, and we get seven bucks. Yeah. That's how that works. So yeah. you get money off Wink. and we get money. We work out, we, uh, wet our beak a little. We get a little. <laughs> A little something, something. A little something, something. I mean, admittedly, the two of us are flying to another country <laughs> to do a podcast that we don't get paid for, so we don't really get much. <laughs> Every little bit helps. Yeah. Um. So that's it, right? We done? Yeah. Play on. Not fifteen. Uh. Ball. Luke. <laughs> we are two guys, one car.